Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of A Case for the FBI, Cross-Examining Reality. I am Cassie. And I'm Kristen. And today we are going to start out talking about some new shows that we saw and that we are kind of wondering if you guys want us to watch. Um, We've kind of already decided that one of them we might definitely have to watch, so (laughs) hopefully you guys feel the same way. Yeah, so I'm surprised that you haven't seen anything about this show that's called The Courtship. I believe that's what it's called. Um, And it's on NBC. Um, And as we all know, it has been well documented on this podcast that Cassie wasn't really feeling The Bachelor. (laughs) She got pretty (laughs) bored pretty quickly. But Cassie, what if I told you that there was a show that basically was The Bachelor but it's Bachelor meets Bridgerton. I think I'm less interested. You're less interested. Okay. Yes. Well, I will, I'll fill you in on some details. Um, so it premiered March 6th. So it's already on, I guess, on NBC. Oh, okay. Um, and so the it's the, the Bachelorette. Um, her name is Nicole. She's a software engineer from Seattle. Oh. She's over finding love the modern way. So she's decided to travel back to Regency era England, where 16 suitors await to court her old fashioned style. Oh, my God. What does that mean exactly? The guys will be taking cues from the Regency brethren and wowing Remy. I guess it's Nicole's last name with their manners and etiquette. They'll engage in historically accurate activities to impress her, like writing handwritten letters, doing archery, rowing boats, and learning intricately choreographed dances. Uh-uh, not dances. <laughs> what? Yes. I don't really know what that means, but yeah, sure enough, they, like, they have, like, the women are dressed in, like, the very tight, like, corset dresses, um, a lot of floral, uh, florals going on, and then, yeah, there are 16 gentlemen who are wearing some nice little petticoats, I guess you call them. And the, like, puffy pants. Yeah, I think so, with, like, the high socks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on with the courtship. I'm not mad at it. At this point, I mean, with the whole dating shows, like how they did the um, Bachelor, the music Bachelor, whatever that was called. Yeah. Um, And then they may or may not be doing the old people Bachelor, I think. I don't know if that if they're pulling like April Fool's on us or what, but um, (laughs) they're just like throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I think this is a very like interesting and fresh take on it. So if you don't like the courtship, what would you like what would be a show that you could mix with the bachelor that would get your attention if it were like bachelor but it means breaking bad and you have to avoid the cops and there you have to <laughs> avoid like federal meth meth making charges <laughs> i do like that idea maybe <laughs> like like slime time live from when we were kids like Ooh. I feel like that would be fun to like make it like I don't know obstacle courses or something I don't know and like quiz shows I don't know that is a really good idea because one that just popped in my head is um legends of the hidden temple yes yes that if you and your man were but like you could tell by the end of that game if that person was meant for you or not a hundred percent a hundred percent like how did you communicate did you come out hating each other that's right. a great test abc nbc fox if you're listening you're welcome for the it's free fun. idea exactly how would you feel about a dating show but 
like in the 80s. So like the guy has to come pick you up and you have to talk on the landline and you like you stalk him. So you like wait by his locker. Like you have to do all of that stuff. That would be cute. And like writing letters or something. Writing letters and then he'll ask you to prom and you have to wear a terrible dress and like tease your hair and stuff. Oof, yikes. That part might be a little bit spooky, but I do like the the idea of being a little bit old school, getting in, you know, having him open the door of your car right. for you. Or you can go even later to like Greece era and, you know, go to the sock hop with your yeah. man. Now that could be a good time. And see, share a milkshake and, you know, see yeah. what happens. Do a little Sadie Hawkins dance, maybe. You're standing in front of the... um what are the a jukebox yes and you you tell him like okay pick a song and based on what he chooses is whether or like what song he chooses is decides whether or not he makes it to the next week I like that idea actually I like Thank the you. 50s yeah that's a good one because you get Thank to wear you. like the cute poodle skirts yes cute poodle skirts and saddle shoes and I feel like that's a good idea but then also you could immediately tell if a man is racist or not. That's so that would be that would be a really nice way to weed out the people who you may not be as interested in. Right, right. And also too, um, as many of us know, the 70s, early 80s were like notorious for the serial killers, <laughs> and cults and things like that. You know, in the 50s, they were just like so oblivious to everything. Like, it was right. actually okay to like not lock your doors. So I feel like that's a safer era to kind of navigate dating and love in. Right. Yeah. I agree. Especially, I mean, ignorance is bliss, you know, exactly. crime doesn't exist if you don't acknowledge it. <laughs> exactly. If you don't see it, it didn't happen. I would be very interested though, to like read a book or watch a movie or something about like a 1950s serial killer. Right. I feel like it's just like, I mean, honestly, like, uh, sorry, people that lived in the 50s, but like, I just can't even imagine how they would be able to solve crimes like impossible. I mean, mean, they had a hard enough time with Ted Bundy. And that was like 30 years later. That's what I'm saying. Like, no DNA evidence. Like, I mean, Mm. I guess y'all got fingerprints, but you'd probably have to go through that fucking by hand and do like the dusting. Yeah. It's like you got to pull out like there's no way that every precinct has a whole record of everybody's fingerprints fucking ever. The police so, weren't needed at that time at all. I don't know why they had it. Exactly. There's nothing they could do. Like I mean I guess like if the crime occurred like right in front of them, they could like chase down the bad guy, but like if he gets away, I mean I don't know what they could do. It's not like they had fucking surveillance cameras. And the cars only went like 50 miles an hour. So like trying to go off of someone's description. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. They were shit out of luck back then. Especially like those, um, I don't know what you call it, but like the drawings that, that people will do of like, yeah, the, the potential suspect. Those are like notoriously so off of what the person actually looks like. But like, I also think too, like sometimes, especially because I've, I love SVU. I've seen like every episode five bajillion times. So like, sometimes I'm just like, if I witnessed a crime and they were like, can you help us do a composite sketch? I'm like, okay, 
even if I tell you, like, how do you know it? Like, I'm like, he had brown hair, brown eyes. He was six, five, like 133 pounds. Like, how do you know what he looks like from that? Like, do I say his eyes were wide set? Like his almond shape pointed. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, ma'am, I saw him murder someone. I wasn't looking to see what color eyes he had. But also for me personally, I sure as hell am not like trying to draw you an idea of what I'm thinking of because I'm not going to be able to, I'll draw you stick person, but that's about it. (laughs) Mm -mm. Not talented enough for that. So what, can you tell me more about this other show that you found that you potentially might want to watch? Yes. So I don't remember how I came across this. Honestly, I might've actually been on Hulu and it came on as one of the commercials. Mm. It is from the producers of 90 day fiance and they have made love off the grid. So it follows the same format of filming people who've already, you know, connected off screen. Um, it's, you know, I want to, I want to be, you know, delicate with how I describe these people's living situation, but <laughs> um, love off the grid participants. I'm just going to read it straight from the website because, you know, no one can come for me. That'll be as diplomatic as we can get. Exactly. Love off the grid participants struggle to make their relationships work because of a specific problem. One half of the potentially perfect duo chooses to live in remote wilderness, like the unbearably hot desert or remote mountains. They sometimes go without amenities like plumbing or electricity. So essentially the show follows. What does sometimes mean? (laughs) I know that's why I'm like sometimes I feel like sometimes, it's all the time. I, sometimes I like, they walk to town so they can use a flushable toilet I mean or they're like digging a hole oh uh, yeah I guess they have an outhouse or something yeah so essentially the show follows each couple as they decide whether their relationship can overcome the unconventional living arrangements so it follows four people accustomed to modern amenities who give it up all for a chance at true love i wouldn't i'm sorry you're giving up way too much a hundred percent if i have to dig a hole to pee and poop in i'm out if i hear leaves rustling under my body when i sleep at night i'm sorry i don't care if you're ryan gosling honey i gotta go yeah no i don't like outside i don't like camping and i surely do not like living off the land. <laughs> this is this is not for me. Well, actually, that kind of crossed my mind earlier today. I was at the grocery store, and you know, everything is just so crazy in the world right now. With gas prices going crazy, oh. inflation going crazy. It's like you know, maybe I should start living off the land. Just go out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, plant some berries. Yeah, we go back to our roots, become hunter gatherers. Yeah, that's what women were bred for. Exactly. Have you ever seen us at TJ Maxx? Hmm. still have it Mm -hmm. so I feel like that would those skills would translate well to like you said a hunter-gatherer situation um and then I won't have to pay $50 to fill up my car with gas god I know it's ridiculous but anyways so I'm very intrigued by this show a lot because there's only one way that I think this show could go and that's terribly because like there is 0.000001% chance that one of these couples goes and lives in the outdoors and everything is perfect and merry and they live happy happily ever after. 
I guess my question though would be, and maybe they'll address this in the show. I don't know, but it's like, why does it have to be that this person has to go live in the wilderness? Why can't this wilderness person just come and live like society has told them they should? Like, right. I mean, why does it have to be that these people have to go kill rabbits to eat for dinner? Like, why couldn't they come here and eat Bojangles? Like, I don't get right. it. It's nice over here. Exactly. They're really missing out. Like, nothing is better than a hot shower, my friend. Oh, or using a, like, flushable toilet with toilet paper. Beautiful, beautiful thing. I will never take that for granted. What if they, like, met in the middle and lived in a yurt instead? Mm. So, you know, yeah. it's like, neither of them are, like, completely going out of their comfort zone, but it's, like, pretty outdoorsy, but also, like, at least you have a roof over your head. Yeah, right? Like, is it, like, is this a situation where they're just, like, seeing if they can, you know, tolerate that lifestyle, and then they're really, like, okay, like, let's meet somewhere in the middle? Or is this, like, you have to come to me, or it's not happening? I've just been so accustomed to not wearing clothes all the time that I can't assimilate myself back into society. Exactly. They're, like, I catch fish in the river with my bare hands, and I can't go back. (sighs) This is so intriguing. I'd be really interested if anyone listening has seen this or like seen the same commercials and stuff and you're also intrigued by it. Let us know because I I mean, y'all know darn good and well, I will do anything 90 day related. I will watch anything. I feel like this is even better than the courtship show in terms of just like out of the box mentality of thinking of new TV show ideas. It's like so crazy though, because like it really is so similar to the exact concept of like 90 day, but it's like literally so different. Like I never would have thought about something like this. Like I never would have thought about this being a challenge that people go through. I would have never thought that there were people who existed who lived off the grid. That's what I'm saying. How did they meet? How do you find these people? That's a really good point. It's not like they have phones or computers. I doubt it. I'm sorry, but that literally sounds like what people do to torture other people like yes like literally leaving someone in the desert like to me that's like actual torture that's some Scientology type shit living in a hole honey (laughs) and that's on who David Miscavige okay Sherry or Shelly excuse me (laughs) maybe she changed her name I don't know what she's up to god bless her Well, I'm very interested in love off the grid. Y'all let us know what you think. If you'd be interested in watching along with us or just wanting to know more about this uh, groundbreaking TV series. Yeah, because I think Kristen and I are both sold 100% already. Yeah, it doesn't take much for me, but yes, I'm sold. (laughs) I'm on the love off the grid bandwagon. We're there. I'm on We're driving the bandwagon, honey. (laughs) (laughs) and there's always room for more honey exactly the more the merrier so I guess you want to get into this week's show yes I'm actually really excited to hear what you thought and your thoughts on it so I'm very excited about talking about this one so I guess we'll just get into and just kind of see where the conversation goes um so this week we watched genius it took Um, me forever to figure out that's what it was I don't know. There has to be a reason why they spelled it like that. Yeah. Um, 
it really made sense on the third episode. Like Kanye was just talking about genius, genius, genius for like 15 minutes. I was like, okay, now I know why they named it this. (laughs) Um, The three-part documentary um, about Kanye West. And it's all like real legit footage starting from like. 98? Yeah, like the mid to late 90s um, that one of his friends took of him. I guess my first impression is like, holy shit, this is 20 years worth of work and footage that you have saved up. Like the amount of like time and creative energy that was put into this. Wow. Um, And it was so well done. Yes. Very well well done. done. What's his name? Cootie? Cootie. I love him. I love him. I love his voice. His voice brings me peace and comfort. Yes. Before we go any further, I should address the elephant in the room. And that is that I am a Kanye fan. I don't mm-hmm. want to go quite to Stan. I definitely was a Stan in, in previous times. Yes. I have always loved Kanye West. I have always thought that he has been misunderstood by a lot of people. And that's, I really liked this documentary because I, I think that, at least I would hope that it kind of like gets rid of a lot of that, like misunderstanding that some people might have about him. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think like, he's one of a kind, like there's no one else who, who thinks the way he does, does things the way he does them. So just saying that before we go into the conversation, like I am biased just because I didn't come here being neutral about Kanye. Also, like, I feel like I just had like I I know I knew a lot of this stuff already about his life and like how he got his start and everything. Well, then I guess I would be the opposite. I've I've always felt neutralish about Kanye. Like I could never say that he was not talented because that would just be a, a fucking lie. I agree. He's like very unique. He's very different. Um, so I kind of went in. I really didn't know a lot about like how he started. I knew that he started as a producer and not a rapper, but like, I didn't know, like he produced for Jay-Z and like, that's kind of how he got his like really big kind of push to starting rapping or whatever. I didn't know about like his accident. I didn't know much about his mom. Like I didn't know anything. So I really went in this, like, honestly, a little reluctant because I was like, Oh, I feel like this is going to be so boring. Like I just, it's not that I don't care about Kanye, but I feel so indifferent that I'm like, like, whatever. Um, but after watching the documentary, I definitely appreciate kind of his journey to where he is. Um, and without getting like too much into like all the details, like, um, I don't know. I just really hope that he can like get some help. I agree. Um, a huge part of this documentary was his mom, right? Yeah. Like his relationship with his mom, the loss of his mother, mm-hmm. who, which p- profoundly affected him as it would anybody. And they talked about it in the documentary that basically like he hasn't been the same since yeah um which is how anyone would be but you can see that it just affected him in such a like profound way that you know there definitely is a lot of grief there and who knows if Kanye ever actually like processed that grief in a healthy way um but one thing that they don't talk about too is that like briefly it was like kind of in that same time when his mom passed away slash afterwards um, Kanye was engaged to a woman um, and they broke up for some reason. I don't know why. I don't think she's a celebrity or anything, but they were engaged and they broke up. Mm-hmm. And that's when he wrote 808s and Heartbreaks. 
And that's why it's called that. So I think that kind of like, I kind of grouped that in there too, as like something that just really affected him. And like, I think knowing that information, it gives you some context for who, who he is and why he might behave the way he does. And I would say, honestly, probably a big reason it wasn't in there was because like, um, Cootie kind of mentions like after Kanye's mom dies, like he essentially just kind of like pushes him out of his life and like, doesn't really have, like, he doesn't have, he tells him like not to come on the tour with him anymore. He doesn't want to like be filmed anymore, et cetera. So I feel like that's probably why something that large would have been left out of the documentary, just because like he was over here with his baby Ivy, like he was doing the damn thing with that. That baby was so cute. I know. And then at the very, very end, when they're showing a graduation, was that baby Ivy graduating Uh, from high school? I think it was. That's what I thought. Because I couldn't think of anything. I I was like, okay, maybe this is just like a like family friend or something. And it was like kind of like a circle from the beginning because like essentially his first like album or whatever he's trying to release is college dropout. And like, I know she Mm -hmm. might've been graduating from high school or whatever, but like, you know, essentially a big part of like what him and his mom were talking about was like telling people like, don't drop out of school. Like I did like stay in school. (laughs) So I thought it was like, kind of like a little bit of like full circle thing. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. And his mom um, was a college professor too. She, I think she taught English so I, I think Kanye kind of references that sometimes about like, you know, he's kind of always had like a love for literacy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the irony of like being the college dropout. So I guess let's talk about Donda then, because this like it really hit me like I almost started crying in when they get to um, her death. Mm-hmm. And Cootie is showing like all like when they're singing Hey Mama together. Yeah. When they're in her apartment, like mm-hmm. way back in the day. Mm-hmm. A lot of this footage was just like so personal and just yeah. so like like so unique. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I hope Kanye is very thankful, obviously, for like all the work he put in and all the work that he put in that he has these memories memories. yeah um because it's so moving and it's just such a such a personal thing of like Kanye singing with his mom this song yeah I loved when they were like at her apartment or whatever and they like she was like oh I love this song that you did that you never like recorded or whatever and they she like started rapping his like lyrics to him and they started doing it together yeah she was just like oh my god she was so proud of him like it was just so cute it was just so sweet to see that relationship and it was so interesting to me because Cootie was saying like um the reason why Kanye just had such the confidence that he did and why he just believed in himself so much was because his mother believed in him Mm -hmm. and she like fed them because she had him 10,000% and like always fed into him and like tried to build his confidence. He was able to have that on his own. Right. Which I think is a really like profound and interesting thing to think about. And it was so interesting. What did what did his mom say? The giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing, or, or oh, like just okay. sees himself. You don't remember that? Uh oh. Yeah, it was like the um, the the giant looks in the mirror and he doesn't see anything. To me, I think that what that means is like you like everyone else looks at that person is like oh my god holy shit that's giant but then the giant looks in the mirror and like he just sees himself like there's nothing crazy about it so i think she's trying Mm -hmm. to say that like kanye's the giant you know Uh um so he just like sees himself and he's just like whatever 
but to everyone else it's a giant um so i mean the whole the whole circumstances surrounding her death like dying in plastic surgery they didn't Mm -hmm. really go into the details um this is just something that i knew going into it and it it seemed at just like such a terrible time too that it like she was on tour with him all the time and like basically his manager and she did everything Mm -hmm. she was there for like everything so she so what was she having done when she like passed do you know i don't know what she had which she, it was some kind of, um, let's see. Oh, she was getting liposuction in a mammoplasty. Um, and I'm guessing yeah. she just like had a heart attack. Like she couldn't handle the anesthesia or something. Yeah. It said she had died of coronary artery or artery, <laughs> coronary artery disease and multiple post-operative factors from, or as a consequence of liposuction and mammoplasty. So yeah, I don't know. Like, oh. like her heart just couldn't handle the surgery oh my gosh and also like I'm not trying to like make this even worse but like I'm just assuming like Kanye like supported her doing this and probably feels like she was doing it because like she was in the spotlight with him and like he probably helped her pay for it and like it was just like adding all these things where he probably felt like I'm just imagining that he probably felt very guilty and that probably added on a whole different layer to the situation that's a really good point and that's what I noticed too like when they're showing Donda like when Kanye's really really young she looks so different than she did when when Kanye like became a superstar and that's not to say that she like had a bunch of work done like so much Botox but I think Mm -hmm. just because like now that she was such a public figure she like probably had a hairstylist had a um like a wardrobe stylist had makeup artists like exactly she took that whole like public appearance very seriously well and Kanye loved her so much like he would literally do whatever she wanted to do or like whatever would make her feel good yeah I I think they said she was like yeah she was 58 when she passed gosh that's like so young in the grand scheme of things yeah and she she didn't get to meet any of the grandkids um which is sad yeah I honestly was kind of surprised when none of the kids had like something to do with Kanye's mom like the name none of their names I feel like I feel like one of them might have a middle name of Donda let me look that up I know at one point they were like I think they were maybe um when Chicago was born like they were talking about like maybe naming her Donda but yeah for whatever reason they chose not to well we do know love no Kanye loves Chicago so (laughs) oh wait I wonder maybe they don't have middle names yeah just on wikipedia it just has like it says like northwest st west chicago west but yeah but at his most recent album um well i guess second most recent album he named donda for yeah. her so yeah as you can i mean as you can understand like it still affects him deeply to this day yeah so yeah it's just so sad it is um sad. It's, i wish it's it I wish that they kind of went in a little bit more about his relationship with his dad because it wasn't until the very end of the documentary when his dad, like, his, like Kanye's talking to his dad on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I I don't know a lot of a lot about his dad. Obviously, they make it like very clear when Kanye was growing up, like he was very much with Donda all the time. Like he didn't uh-huh. even they didn't even mention his dad. Right. So I think it'd be interesting to to like learn more about that relationship especially now if like 
like, I wonder how that relationship has changed since he lost his mom. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, like, at the end, when you do see the two of them together, I mean, it seems like they have a good relationship. Like, they were, like, FaceTiming and, Mm -hmm. you know, he was talking to him, not like somebody you don't know or, like, somebody you don't really have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, And his dad seemed genuinely concerned about him and worried about him. So um, I wonder if maybe that did push them together her passing I'm not sure but yeah they didn't really address that at all in the documentary and again Mm -hmm. I think that probably was more so just like the circumstances that Cootie kind of like situationally would find himself in was just like when Kanye didn't want to do the documentary Kanye made sure that the documentary was not happening like Mm -hmm. so there were like large chunks of time where like nothing was being filmed because Kanye was like I'm not doing this right now right and obviously Cootie is also a human being and is like going on having his own life. Like right. his life doesn't just revolve around Kanye's documentary. Yeah. So I want to talk about his accident a little bit too, because I, I knew that he broke his jaw. I knew about like through the wire and all that stuff. But one thing that I didn't really realize, which was so shitty that after, after he went through all this trouble to get signed with Rockefeller, I mean, not trouble, but he just like, yeah, he worked really hard to fucking get that. As so many people, they literally like walked into the office and would just like corner whoever they saw to be like, listen to Kanye. Yeah. Um, the I almost that they- felt like they were kind of like, at least it seemed in the beginning, like they were almost just like kind of keeping him around, like saying whatever they had to say to keep him around so that he would keep making beats for the rappers. And right. like, they were just like, Kanye like yeah like we'll think about it like whatever but like what do you have for Jay-Z or like what do you have for most deaf over here and it's like they weren't even trying to give him a chance really exactly yeah and I mean they could tell too because Kanye talked about it all the time as you should if you're making beats for Jay-Z yeah. like if they keep feeding him that prime. he's gonna want to stick around but of course Kanye had his own own inhibitions that he wanted to go after with rapping and then when he got into his accident and they legit like he was on the record or uh, he was signed to the record label at that point, but Rockefeller literally did not let him come to the studio. Like they yeah. didn't, he wasn't allowed to book any studio time to the point that he was rapping in a hotel room, making this album. Yep. You know, Stealing all- other people's hours, like begging friends to like, let him like, he, I think he recorded part of it at Jamie Foxx's house. Like yeah. he was doing whatever the fuck he had to do to get that album recorded. I know. And it just reminded me of the saying, like, if one door closes, open a window. Yeah. That's definitely what I felt with this situation that he literally was trying everything. And see, this is like kind of going back to what I was saying about Kanye West being misunderstood. And what I mean by that is like, I think people that, you know, they see him say, I'm a God, I'm a God, whatever. He still is an artist, one of the best artists in the world, arguably. And like, I think people lose sight of that, that he's just like, he's a creative and he like has all these crazy ideas and whatever he wants, he's going to go after it. And like, they get so caught up in like the, oh, he's so egotistical. He thinks he's gotten him. Like he thinks like, he just has so much like creativity. He doesn't mean it in the literal sense, but he's just like, I feel like people now that they see this part, like this side of Kanye doing the whole thing of trying to get the album recorded and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I mean, basically making college drop out on his own and then yeah. Rockefeller then being like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, now that we've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> After they like already had music videos done, they, yeah. they had like album cover art and stuff. 
I feel like something that was kind of fun about it too was just like like uh, there's no argue arguability is that even a word you uh, cannot disagree with the fact that yeah. Kanye has made some of the best bops of all time gold digger for instance like right. it was just like so fun to like kind of see like when he was playing it in that documentary like that was the first time anybody had ever fucking heard it. Like right. it was him creating that song. And it's and just you, like so weird to like see that occurring in front of your eyeballs. Right. And you like hear it raw in a sense where it's like Kanye literally is singing it right there. Like it's no studio, no like auto tuning or anything. And it just sounds so different, but I know I love, I literally have had slow jams stuck in my head for like three days now. <laughs> She or like some what was the one, um, some was it two words that he did with most deaf and they start like wrapping it together in like one of the back rooms at some event oh I don't know I'm not sure oh oh my gosh I, well it was like the one like obviously I don't know all the words so like right. but it's like it's very like politically and racially motivated mm-hmm. and like I just remember like because like obviously the two of them had like just created this song together and like mm-hmm. just hearing like Kanye just like say it in front of your eye like you just see it and you're experiencing it and you're like he has just put this together and he's like doing it right here like right. this is not like a song that he made 20 years ago in this moment like it's a song that he made like 10 days ago right exactly and he's like rapping lyrics that everyone in America knows now but like you said he literally just thought of them yeah and is so- rapping them I know it's insane have you heard of um get back the documentary uh uh-uh. so it's basically like this but with the Beatles oh, okay. um but it follows them through they do like one last concert and they f- <laughs> I feel like you'll you are definitely like uninterested in this documentary to the 10th degree um mm-hmm. but it basically it's they like lock themselves in this like uh, like convention center kind of place mm-hmm. for a week and they like make an entire album and then they make they like make and choreograph a show for it oh interesting but it legit is like I think it's like five or six episodes maybe and every episode is legit like two hours long oh god <laughs> it is long it is long it is not nearly as like entertain. Oh. I mean, it is entertaining, but it's not, Maybe you it's know, not as easily digestible, right? Like with this one, it's like easy story arc to follow. Yeah. Like Cootie lays it out so clearly right. that you're like following along with this story. Whereas with Get Back, it's just it's like kind of a mess, but it's the same kind of thing where they like, you're seeing them make the lyrics and like the melodies to their songs in real time. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause they're like writing these songs, like Get Back. It's an interesting uh, thing for sure because I feel like we're not really exposed to that very often. Right. Um, Just as like the music consumers. Yeah, especially with like people who like, I mean, obviously we were alive when Kanye was like starting out, but like we were so young, it's not like we were going to remember that kind of stuff. So it is weird to like see someone like there, it's escaping me now. What is that part? There's like one song where he has, it's like something about your girlfriend. Uh, me and my girlfriend yes yes just I love that song I just remember like I was like kind of like not watching but like still listening and I just heard like me and my girlfriend and I did like like, trigger you yes and I was just like (laughs) oh my god like that's just another like 
Kanye just wrote, he he's playing this song for the first time, like one that I have heard a million and twelve times. And as soon as I hear that lyric, I know exactly who it is. And right. it's like I'm watching him play it for the first time, like 25 years ago. It's right. just like so. I feel like a lot of people, I, I like you said earlier, I hope that he like appreciates like this documentary that Cootie has produced and put on Netflix for him because like this is content that people don't have for themselves. Like right. this is literally his life like right right in front of our eyes like no one like I just feel like nobody has that right I know I agree and I kind of when I was watching I was kind of going back and forth in my head of like I wonder if Kanye approves of this or I wonder if he disapproves of this like because in my head I was like I wonder I I feel like he would still be able to put it out even if Kanye like didn't like agree to it um and authorize it but I agree just like having that footage is literally like irreplaceable well I also too like to think like Cootie really does seem like he like there were parts where like he would stop filming because like he was like Kanye is like like this does not need to be filmed like this is not good Mm -hmm. and so I genuinely feel like he cares about Kanye so much that if Kanye genuinely was like I am mortified you cannot put this out like I genuinely don't think he would yeah especially because this is like cooties art like he literally has been working on it for 20 years and after they said how many times on the documentary of like when they're like who's the guy with the camera and Kanye's like oh they're making a documentary about me and like now it's finally out (laughs) yeah right and one guy like in the first episode like 30 minutes in he was like oh I thought that was done and Kanye was like it'll never be done facts I mean this is like kind of wacky but I kind of like this idea like this is this is what I mean about like Kanye is just so different was that when he first put out the life of Pablo which first of all took like a year and a half like every time you turn around Kanye would be like oh it's coming it's coming it's coming and then like the album just like never yeah came well it did eventually just like randomly dropped and Kanye would like take like it was on I would listen to it on Spotify and Kanye would like take songs off and put them back on and he would like put songs on with like another person doing a verse and stuff like that because the way that he thought of the album was like a living breathing Breathing organism yeah so it's like you know you you don't have to just like okay here's the album here it is I like Done. once I publish it like I can't do anything yeah. else to it which that to me was just like such a new concept especially now like yeah we're all is- doing Spotify we're all doing Apple Music yeah like you can change any anything you want so it was just like such a such a unique way of looking at it for me which some people are probably annoyed they're like what that because I literally would be like oh I really like that one song on Life of Pablo and I would like go back to listen to it and be gone (laughs) but I feel like if you're gonna be like someone who genuinely listens to Kanye though like you gotta be able to like like that like that's Kanye like that does not surprise me at all like that's just who he is he's he he truly is like passionate about what he does and like is an artist yes locking himself in Mercedes-Benz to write an album and sleeping on floor that is Kanye yes correct so then now having seen this, what would you say now about your opinion on Kanye? How has it changed or how has it not changed? 
Yeah. So I would definitely say that I have a lot more. It's not that I didn't respect him before. I don't want it to come off that way because like I said in the beginning, like I've always thought Kanye was talented, but I mean, I was just, I guess, like I said, indifferent, uh, definitely a lot more respect for him for like how he kind of came up. Like you really see the hustle, the grind, like he was willing to do whatever he had to do to get whatever it was that he needed to get to become you know, what he wanted to be. I thought it was really sweet to like, see, like, I do think that Kanye is just like such a sensitive, genuine guy. Like when one of his, like, I don't know if it was like, I would say idol, but someone he really looked up to from Chicago, like kind of wrote this diss track about him. Like you could tell that he was like genuinely so upset that this guy thought he was like talking shit about him, that he like wrote this diss track. Like you could see the hurt in his like eyes when he saw this guy, like he, you could, you just, see that he is just like such a genuine kind person the thing that I hated about the documentary though is you really see him like deteriorate before your eyes like Mm -hmm. by the time you get to that third episode it's just like it's almost hard to watch in my opinion um just because you know I understand kind of where he's coming from because like I know a lot of people especially who are like creative and artistic like the medicines that they give you for I think from what I've heard he has only been diagnosed with bipolar disorder or I think that's what he's been diagnosed with um I know those types of medicines allegedly like or not allegedly they do kind of stunt your creativity and make you feel more like robotic and not yourself um so I understand why maybe he's made the choice to not take his medication or choose that route but it really did get to the point towards the end where you're watching and like even Cootie kind of like talks multiple times in the last part where he had to stop filming because he was like my friend is just like not well like he was just talking and just nothing made sense and it was it really was very sad to see yeah and you could see it to Kanye like he knew what he was saying like it made Mm -hmm. sense to him he was like making this point but to us it didn't make sense and that's that's what he mentioned too he said like I take medication every day so I can translate alien to English yeah which was just so interesting. I'm not like that familiar with bipolar disorder, but it's like, that's what he experiences um, and what his medication does for him. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That's definitely what it felt like. Like he was like trying to make a point and you could tell what he was trying to articulate, but it just wasn't coming across. Well, even there was like one scene. Um, it was definitely when he was running for president. Um, there was one scene where, I don't know if it was Tucker Carlson or I think it was someone on Fox News. I don't know. But they were talking about Kanye's tweets and what he was saying. And essentially they were like talking shit about Kanye uh-huh. and all of his friends were in there and they were like, nah, like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, like turn off that white man. And, yeah. And Kanye's like, no, he's saying exactly what I was saying. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, no, he's literally saying that what you're saying is not true. And he's like, no, they're saying they're spitting facts like boom. And I'm like, what uh, yeah it was but it's but he was definitely Carlson. he's just like almost constantly in a manic state is what I'm kind of assuming but yeah yeah that third episode was definitely hard to watch I in my opinion so like I said I I mean I still do love Kanye but like for political reasons I don't like I don't really want to support him as much as I have in the past um just because you know I I get it you can say that you, you know, you're going through a manic episode and things like that, but going and meeting Trump at the white house and like wearing a MAGA hat, like mm-hmm. that's, I just like don't vibe with that. Yeah. So 
like for that reason, that's why I've kind of like stepped back a little bit and I haven't really listened to his music, honestly, like since Life of Pablo, which is in like, that was in like 2017, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, 2016, 2017. And it makes you just kind of wonder, like, because we saw this whole story unfold, like, it's crazy to think back in the first episode, like he was still that same human living with bipolar disorder but just like didn't know it and didn't show the symptoms that he shows now obviously um and I kind of wonder too like you know he obviously has you know been having a hard time with his mental health in a very public way and it's just interesting that so much so Kim divorced him because of that I mean we we don't know for sure but like it seems it's hard like not that's to put two and two together like that. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe she felt that he like she didn't feel comfortable with him being around the kids if you were in a manic episode or something. But it's just interesting that she, you know, she knows that he has bipolar disorder and she didn't feel like she wanted to work it out with him and like kind of work through his issues like that. Or maybe he just doesn't want to help himself. And then in that situation, you just gotta be like I know. Yeah. Obviously we don't know, but that's like kind of what I thought was just like a situation where, I mean, I think it kind of like, is like a, I can see both sides being like kind of at fault. Like for instance, like I was talking earlier about like how, like essentially like Kim was what Kanye always wanted. He like, he always Mm -hmm. liked Kim. He always wanted to be with Kim, but like, I'm just thinking like he wanted to be with Kim, but when he finally got his chance to be with Kim, she was Kim Kardashian. Like it was a different situation. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think that like being in the public eye, as much as he was, once he got in the Kardashian family, I really do think that that took him over the edge um, because I just feel like that's around the time that he really kind of started to like go off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I almost like wonder, like, you know, obviously I feel for him cause he's the one going through the situation, but I almost wonder like how hard Kim probably tried to get him to get help and like mm-hmm. wanted to help him. And he just like, didn't want to do it for himself. And it's like, you know, at some point, like as famous as she is and how, you know, we like to think her life is so easy because of the amount of money she has. Like she has four kids that she has to take care of. And like, Mm -hmm. as much as he's probably there for the kids and he's probably a great dad, like there are things that he's not capable of doing for these children um, in the mental state that he's in, unfortunately. So it's kind of one of those things where like, I obviously feel for Kanye because he's going through something. And I do think that the Kardashian familiarity and how much spotlight got put on him because of that you know aided in this kind of mental break but I also can't imagine kind of like what Kim was probably trying to go through to maybe help him as well to take care of these kids yeah I'm so happy you said that because that is just like the bottom line for me is that at the end of the day these people are human yeah like you can hate Kanye West you can say whatever you want about him at the end of the day, he's still human. Mm-hmm. He still has emotions and feelings and things affect him. Yeah. Um, just like you and everybody else. And that's like with Kim, again, say whatever you want about Kim. But when your husband is having a very public meltdown right. and cursing at your mom on Twitter yeah. and just doing all sorts of off the wall things and you share four children with this man, 
that is going to affect you in a very, very deep and personal way. Hundred percent. Like you can't, you can't deny that at all. Yeah. You know, like you said, love or hate her. Of course, she has the fortune that a lot of us don't have. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that she, things don't suck. And I'm still, it still affects her t- to this day. That like you know they're they're having to co-parent, and he's still kind of like still going on like. Twitter tirades and things like that and posting screenshots of like posting screenshots of him asking other people for Kim's number and saying like I want to get my family back I want to get my family back when like you said I can't even imagine how many times Kim tried to get him help to make it work right right and you know it's like everybody's at fault and nobody's at fault like it's kind of one of those things where it's like like you just said everybody is human in this situation even if we kind of hold them to like a whole different kind of status in our mind like this is the father of kim's children out here like literally talking crazy nonsense about her and their family and like the guy that kim is dating like it's just, but then again, it's like Kanye needs help and he just doesn't know how to help himself right now. And it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it really, it's a very sad situation. It really is. And it really was sad in the documentary when Cootie was talking about, like in the instances when he and Kanye were growing apart. Yeah. It made me sad just thinking of like, you know, he kind of talked about the new people that were entering Kanye mm-hmm. circle and stuff. And um, yeah, it, he wasn't saying that they were like bad people or anything, but it's like, but cootie like you're nice I want you in his circle you know kind of what I thought about though like so cootie was just like like he was like a OG friend like he was there for Kanye like they were tight from the beginning Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if like Kanye doesn't like correlate him with his mom somehow like Mm because of all the film that maybe he did with his mom, because it was just interesting, the timing that they initially started to grow apart. Mm -hmm. And it almost felt like the next time was also when he was like about to go through like a really, like, I'm pretty sure and correct me if I'm wrong, but that second, like really big gap of time that they weren't working together was when he got physically checked into a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like, it felt like every time that something you know, got really bad. And he was like, I can't have something around me that reminds me of my mom. It just kind of seemed like those were the times that they weren't really like working together anymore. Yeah. That's a really good point, especially because, you know, Cootie's probably one of the only people in his life who had ever met his mom Yeah, back in those days, like going to his mom's apartment in Chicago mm-hmm. and like seeing the yeah. house where Kanye grew up. Yep. There probably three people in his life who yeah. had that experience. Exactly. So that was just kind of what I thought that maybe it kind of like triggered those memories or he just, yeah. you know, because I feel like when you grieve like that, like for instance, like sometimes I'll see like mint chocolate chip ice cream and it just like makes me think of my grandma because like we used to walk around the mall and like we would eat ice cream and like that mm. was her favorite. She didn't eat the ice cream with me, but like just knowing that was her favorite like triggers that memory so like if there was someone that I remember taking video footage of me and my mom at these special places I feel like if mint chocolate chip ice cream can remind me of my grandma I feel like that person could easily remind you of your mom yes yeah definitely and what is he gonna do he's gonna like completely repress that and then surround himself with a whole new cast of people exactly to make him forget about it just like totally remove the trigger yeah um But now they have this documentary and Kanye has this footage. Obviously, they wanted to get it out there. Um, have you I'm talked? I'm surprised he hasn't said anything about it. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe he, I see that's, I don't like follow him on anything. Um, but also he's, so, he's so like on and off of social media. It's so, it's so volatile. Like I think recently it's been his like list of people he's beefing with. Like, I think he's beefing with Kid Cudi right now for whatever reason. Oh, he is. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he just had him on an album or I don't know. That makes me sad. Oh, it's just, he like literally posted a whole list. I think of people that he was like, beefing with on his Instagram I think Kim was on there yesterday he posted this picture a couple days ago he just posted this picture that says divorce and it has like a whole bunch of small writing oh my gosh did he delete all of his pictures he does that all the time he like deletes everything he'll delete his profile and then just magically reappear again yeah he deleted everything Divorce feels like full-blown COVID. Feels like your doctor don't know shit. Feels like you're walking on glass. Feel like you're bullied in a class hall. Feels like you're suffocating, barely breathing. Oh yeah. my god, that is so sad. Yeah. So again, say whatever you want about Kanye and Kim. Whatever. They're still going through a divorce. Oh my gosh. And they're still trying to navigate this life with their four children and still just trying to they're just trying to do their best just like you and me yes some days we do better than ever others but exactly so are you happy that you watched it yes I I really I did enjoy it I enjoyed it more than I thought I would I have talked to other people about it and I've told them that I think they should watch it that they would like it so um definitely I, I'm I'm gonna give it like I think like a seven or an eight just because of the sadness mm-hmm. aspect. But I mean, like really well done. Yeah. Um, I thought that he captured Kanye in a really good light. Like you could tell it was someone who really cared about him that was making this documentary. And I liked his like commentary on things. I liked the way he even kind of did like the years that they were apart, like kind of bringing in some more of his life, like when baby Ivy was born and watching her grow up and talking about how she was going to be an artist. Right. Um, But yeah, of course, like I've said many times at this point, like just the last episode, seeing it all kind of like crumble before your eyes, as far as like Kanye's mental health and all of that, it, it was sad. So I, I, I feel like there probably should have been more of a trigger warning on that last episode. Um, because if you know someone who has like experienced that, or you have experienced that, I could see that being rather triggering to see him like that. Right. To watch another person experience that. Yeah, especially so publicly. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of a kind. Like, you're not going to find anything like this anywhere. It it seriously is just, like, one of a kind. And I'm very thankful that um, this, you know, the artist that has 20 years worth of footage, you know, has had 20 years of footage taken of him is one of my favorite artists. You know, if it were, like, Pharrell, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it, but like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) like not that exciting, but I think also too, I mean, like Kanye over the last few years has just been such like a, like divisive subject almost Mm -hmm. just everybody has an opinion on him. I'd be interested to see kind of like where his career goes from here, you know, because part of me, I think, you know, maybe the best thing for him right now is just like lay low and take it easy for a while and, you know, maybe get some help and just like Mm -hmm. get things figured out. But Kanye is going to do what Kanye wants to do. And there's no, 
denying that or arguing that. Alrighty, well, you got anything else to say about Kanye before we head out? Well, what what are you what would you give it overall rating? Ten out of ten. Okay, yeah, stunning. CBT <laughs> oh, to when we were supposed to go to the Pablo, the Life of Pablo tour. You want to talk about triggering? Oh my gosh! Like when they were showing that whole thing about like when Kanye like it was a whole big deal that he even announced the tour um and he was like doing all this crazy stuff but then when he was having the meltdown they canceled everything yes cassie and i were supposed to go to the life of pablo tour um and see him and i think it literally was like two weeks before if that like honestly that's being pretty generous it might have been like two days like it was very close yeah and obviously it was for the best and who knows if he would have continued performing it seemed like at that point his concerts were like kind of off the rails anyways yeah so who knows if it would have even been we would have been like what what wait what what is that tiktok that used to be what happened to the original plot of <laughs> oh my gosh yeah can you imagine like we get all like dressed up ready to go see life pablo tour and then kanye is just standing on that mountain for like 30 minutes talking about god oh i would have been outraged i would have been like i want my money back that's another thing that we didn't really get into but just talking about like at the very end he really found a lot of support i guess in his religion and like starting the whole sunday service thing right and i honestly thought it was blasphemous that like they like he put clips on there about how some people were questioning like the how genuine kanye was with doing that that never crossed my mind like kanye is gonna do whatever he wants to do if he's gonna go do church services in the desert he's gonna go do it and it's not because he wants to just like get brownie points for doing it yeah there were like I think like kind of what they were talking about in the documentary was like a lot of like news people were like is this like a last ditch effort to like save his career and things like that And it's just like I I don't understand how you think that him becoming religious is gonna like save his career if anything I would say a lot of what he's done in the past is I don't want to say the antithesis because it's not like he was like satanical or anything but like it definitely wasn't like something you could sing at church yeah something godly (laughs) yeah so I'm just like how would this even save his career like how is this gonna turn him around like it's Mm -hmm. not like Christian rock music is out here like selling out stadiums I mean slaying the top 10 exactly and with the actual Sunday services like it is the very tippy top of the a-list who gets invited to go to the Sunday service right Kanye's not going on tour with this he's got his kids there like I know this man is a little bit off his rocker, but he's got his kids there. Like, I think that's probably safe to say it's not going to be too wild. Yeah. I mean, he did do a few years ago. He did um, Sunday service at Coachella, but probably because Coachella asked him to. I actually think he did it at one of the HBCUs. I don't know if it was. Oh, really? Yeah. It it might have been Howard. (gasps) Wait, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds so familiar now. Mm-hmm. I think he did. Yeah, because I, rem- I just remember thinking like, oh, Kanye is so close to me right now. <laughs> what a man. You know, if that's what helps him, <laughs> then more power to him. All right. Well, I guess that will do it for Genius. 
Cassie gives yes. it a seven or an eight out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10. Let us know what y'all thought, especially if you had some like really intense opinions about Kanye coming into this one way or the other. Um, I'd be interested to see how this, you know, after watching it, how it changed your opinion. Yeah. I would definitely love a hardcore anti-Kanye to like watch this and tell me what they thought. Yeah. Because yeah. I really feel like it would change their change their opinion. It would change their opinion. I mean, obviously it it is not like Kanye propaganda, like showing yeah. us how wonderful he is. Cause there, like we've talked about, there are some like really like dark and scary parts to it, but yeah, it's like, it's so hard not to root for him after seeing like how much he did to yeah. even just try to break into the industry. So I guess looking forward to next week, I'm so excited because yes. we are watching something that Cassie has seen. I have not seen it. This specific show. I have not seen it, but it has a little, shall we say a, a true crime twist slightly and that it's currently involved in a legal proceeding. Yes. I wonder if you guys can piece it together. Oh, the guys are recording. So that'll be interesting to kind of like see how things play out in real time, but I'm excited. I definitely have some binging ahead of me, but it shouldn't be a problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. It, it, it's very easy to take in. I promise. There are definitely some, um, cringy spots, but right. it's easily digestible content that will leave you wanting more love so hopefully y'all know what we're talking about but if not then you'll just have to wait until next week we love to keep a secret all right so as usual if you want to hit us up on instagram we are at a case the number four the fbi on instagram follow us we put lots of cute little stuff up like behind the scenes stuff bloopers videos also like what we are watching other than reality shows for the podcast. Also feel free to sh- shoot us an email. Um, you can send it to a case, the number four, the FBI at gmail.com. Um, we are there. If you listen to us on Spotify, give a five-star review. If you listen to us on Apple podcasts, please give a five-star review. And if you feel so inclined to write a review as well, that'll be awesome. We appreciate it. If y'all didn't see on our Instagram story, baby Stormy left us a review. So we're I mean, we're kind of a big deal, um, but you know, we're staying humble at this point, but Shout we're out just Stormy Webster. Thank you for your support, girl. Yes. Stormy baby. You're starting to look like mommy baby. <laughs> so we're just, we're just waiting for those um, people's choice award awards to come in um, because the people love us. Babies love us. Adults love us. Yeah. Our demographic is really off the charts. It's insane. <laughs> off the charts in both directions, both with like those who are young and old. Exactly. We speak to everyone's soul. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks y'all for listening. We look forward to catching up with you guys next week. Bye. Bye.